Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, and they also who, who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Well, you know, as we all know these days, and we've been talking a lot uh, recently about how close many of us feel the return of the Lord is. Uh, Many of you came out and we listened to Irvin Baxter's DVDs. Um, Incidentally, we have a new set coming, a second second series we're going to be starting probably this summer. Um, But we also know that the Bible tells us that as the closer we get to the return of the Lord, the devils come down to the earth with great wrath, knowing his time is short. And uh, we also know that that means his rage is directed at, of course, God's people. And um, I, for one, I think I told, I told some of you, I mean, I, for one, started to feel like I, I've got to do something except feel guilty because every time I saw material about my brothers and sisters and, and um, the plight of so many of them around the world, you know, it's one of those things you just kind of just don't want to really really recognize, so you think, I've got, yeah, I've got to really pray about that. But I've really felt, really did feel in the last um, two months or so, the Lord really tugging on my heart saying, you know, you really have to face this. And it was right after that that uh, Steve and Jackie came to my attention, found out their neighbors right here in Baiting Hollow. They're a brother and sister who are in the ministry of the Voice of the Martyrs. And so we had a brief conversation, and I just thank God there are people like them who are obeying the Lord's voice and uh, who are um, going to help the rest of us in the church to have our eyes open to really what the state is of our brothers and sisters across the world. And again, uh, you know, not to make us guilty, but to make us um, really to be aware that we might really pray for them. I mean, we think about... The whole New Testament, it's filled with our brothers and sisters being in prison, isn't it? And, and honestly, in America, we don't know how long it's going to be before. We're going to be facing the same thing in America. So we want to be true to the Lord, and we want to um, hear what he's saying to the church at this hour. So I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Steve and Jackie to come up now and let them tell you a little bit more about themselves and the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs. I'll let them personally tell you about it. And... Uh, we're very happy to have you both. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much. Things are changing, as, as we know, in America, and things are accelerating uh, at a very, very fast pace. I mean, just turn on the news every day, and uh, it's an eye-opener. Uh, but thank you for inviting us here. Uh, we really look forward to these occasions that we can uh, be with fellow Christians and um, just open their eyes to something that they've probably just been avoiding. Uh, for ourselves, we've just avoided it and put it out of our minds. And in our own churches, you know, our big issues are the style of music or what paint is going to be on the walls. That's the things that the Christian you know, myself included, we get involved in and we have issues over. But a lot of things are happening in the world right now. And if there's one thing that we want to uh, impress on your hearts, the only thing we ask is for prayer. Listen to what we have to say. Take it back home and just pray. That's all we ask. But uh, just to give you a little bit of background about Jackie and I, yes, we live right down the road. Invading Hollow. We've been there for 29 years. Uh, I spent 33 years in public education uh, in the Riverhead School District. I was a history teacher. I was an administrator. I was the boys' varsity basketball coach for quite a few years. Uh, That was my background. Uh, And I've been retired, and I have to say happily retired for nine years. 
because that's another issue in America today of what's going on in the school's curriculum as well as what's happening keeping Christianity out of the schools, in public schools. Uh, Jackie just retired this year. She was a school nurse at, in the Riverhead School District as well at the elementary level. I was at the high school level. Uh, our home church has been uh, our home church for many, many years. We were married in the church. Our kids went through the church. Uh, our three kids, we have three kids. One is in Hawaii and two eastern Long Island. Um, Eastport Bible Church is our home church, and um, we just love our, our church, and we love being with Christians when we go out to speak. We are representatives for a Christian international organization called Voice of the Martyrs, V-O-M, uh, and they have, we have a vision for aiding uh, persecuted Christians around the world, and they're being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. And since I have a history background, my concentration is going to giving you information about what is going on around the world. Uh, we've never been to one of these countries, and I, you should have a uh, Voice of the Martyrs magazine that was given out. There's a map also that I uh, want to go over. Jackie and I have not personally been uh, in any of those countries where the persecution is taking place, uh, but the Voice of the Martyrs does have... Contacts in these countries, uh, some of these people are underground, and with today's communication, it's much easier for Voice of the Martyrs to keep in contact with these people. Uh, we have been trained by Voice of the Martyrs. Voice of the Martyrs headquarters is located in Oklahoma City, and we have extensively been trained to speak, and we're given updated information We've spoken at different places for eight years, and just four or five weeks ago, we had a, just a, a, an awesome experience presenting the Voice of the Martyrs in New York City. We were in the East Village on a Saturday night, which I, we've never been in the East Village on a Saturday night, so that was a, an eye-opener for us. And we spoke at an open-door church, which basically was a street ministry but they send out information when representatives are speaking in different areas around the country. And so Voice of the Mars sent out information that Jackie and I would be speaking at the Open Door Church in the East Village on a Saturday night. So people who wanted to hear about Voice of the Martyrs or were connected in some way came there as well as the, the people that attend that church, Open Door Church. And it was amazing that evening there was a pastor from Nigeria who experienced the persecution. And if you look at your map, uh, Nigeria is in northern Africa. This map, the color is actually reversed from the map that's in the magazine. But Nigeria is a country in northern Africa where it is really heating up with the persecution of Christians. Uh, the radical Muslims in the northern part with the African tribes are moving further, further south, and they are targeting Christians. And this particular pastor uh, experienced that. There's also a pastor from Pakistan who experienced it as well. And remarkably, there was a young girl from China who was about 19 or 20 years old, and she came and she was listening to us, and after we did our presentation, she got up and told her story, which we had no clue of what she was uh, doing. And she gave the experience of she, at the age of 18, in her house, they were having a Bible study. Unfortunately, their Bible study wasn't registered with the Communist Party, so they got raided and they arrested her and she spent three days in jail for having a Bible study that wasn't registered. Um, a lot of people think that China, you could bring a Bible into China, but there's a lot of things that go on that, we're not, that people aren't aware of. For example, in China, when they had the Summer Olympics there, they rounded up all the pastors 
in the area that the Olympics were taking place, and they arrested them, and they took them away because they didn't want those evangelical pastors to be speaking to the media. So they arrested them and took them out. Did the media say anything about it? No. Nobody knew about that. So these are the kind of things that go on and on and on. Uh, When we speak, we have two goals. Number one is to make you aware of the persecution that's going on around the world. And number two, to show how you individually or as a group or as a church can get involved with the voice of the martyrs. Uh, We were introduced to this ministry, uh, it was about 10 years ago, when we were asked by our pastor's pastor and his wife, and his wife teaches the high school Sunday school class if we would cover for them when they went on vacation, so we did. And part of uh, the pastor's wife's uh, plan for us was to show a video, and when we saw that video about a uh, African boy, eight years old, in the country of Sudan, who was captured by Muslim by a Muslim African tribe, and his job was to take care of the camels, which he knew nothing about as an eight-year-old. And what he was doing was he was a sneaking he was sneaking away to a village where there was a Christian church, and the uh, Muslim tribal leader uh, found out that he was doing this. So what he did was he took long spikes and drove them into his knees and into his feet and threw them on the side of the road. Uh, One of the Christian, I believe it was the Christian pastor uh, from the church that he was attended, saw him and picked him up and then took him in and adopted him. And remarkably, this little boy uh, does not hold a grudge against the person that did this to them, that he just asked asks for the prayer for that individual. When we saw that video, Jackie and I both said, you know, when we get the opportunity and when we get the time, we would like to get involved with the Voice of the Martyr. So that that was our connection. Uh, I won't go over the history of uh, how Voice of the Martyr started. In the magazine, and make sure you take one of the magazine, it gives the history of how it started. And basically, it started by an atheist, a Jew who was an atheist who was converted to Christianity in 1937, 1938, and his wife also accepted the Lord, and he became a a pastor, and when the Nazis um, took over Europe, he was from Romania, uh, he witnessed to uh, to Hitler's soldiers. He was in prison many times, in and out, and then when Hitler was defeated, the Russians came in, the communist country government came in, and he continued to witness to the Russian soldiers. And again, he got arrested. He was placed in solitary confinement for like six or seven years. He was in jail. He was out again for witnessing, uh, and he spent a total of 14 years in prison Uh, for witnessing for Jesus Christ. Uh, And at certain times of of the years, his wife also was imprisoned. And when he got out of his his final 14 years in jail, which was uh, in 1967, when he was leaving the jail, the prisoners, and they had a system, and he came up with a system of Morse code of communicating with other prisoners and witnessing to these prisoners. And many of them accepted the Lord. And as he was leaving for his last time out of jail, uh, those prisoners said, don't forget us. So he started his ministry in 1967. He came to the United States. First he went to England and went to their government, parliament, and spoke about what was going on. He then came to the United States and spoke to the Senate, The actual United States Senate back then had him come in and explain what was going on uh, in Europe with the communists, and he started this ministry, Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, He passed away, I believe it was in 2001. So that's how the ministry started, and it has continued since 1967. Okay, what I want to do now is go over the map real quick before Jackie comes, and uh, if you have that map, pull that map out. And again, this map is reversed, but many of you are familiar with that term, the 1040 window. You know, the missionaries, uh, 
And this area here, because of latitude and longitude lines, this is the 1040 window right here where all this color is. The entire population of the world is a, pro a little over 7 billion people. Out of this area here, the 1040 window, two-thirds of the world's population lives right here. Out of that uh, two-thirds of the world's population, which makes it about 4.5 billion people, live here. 95% uh, of these people are unevangelized. Now, I, I'm sure the church supports missionaries around the world. Rarely will you see missionaries that are in this part of the world. If they are, they're in secret because things happen here in this part of the world towards Christians because of the governments that are there, because of the Muslims, and we all know what's going on with the, with the radical Muslims are targeting Christians, okay? So this is the area here that we're, we're talking about. 95% of these people are unevangelized. Now, the map, oops, the map uh, that you have, the updated one, classifies these countries into three categories. There's restricted countries, there's hostile countries, and there's monitored countries. The restricted countries on your map <clears throat> are the countries that have governments that have rules, laws, and policies that are against Christianity. Now you take countries like North Korea, if you look on there, North Korea, that little country, okay, the government, the dictator there, who is now like 28 years old, the son of the former one, uh, scary what this guy has the potential to do, uh, very scary. But North Korea actually has the worst persecution in the entire world. If you are caught with a Bible, if you are a Christian, if you have some type of Christianity, carrying a Bible, carrying a sheet of paper that has scripture on it, you're arrested and you're either tortured like beyond belief or you are killed. That's in North Korea. And that's what's going on on those restricted nations. That's approximately, I think it says 54 nations are restricted nations. One of the things that bugged me recently is many Americans now are traveling like you know, my age, our retirement age, people in my age category now are going out and traveling the world. One of the places that some of my friends have been to is Vietnam, uh, Burma, and the countries in the Southeast Asia. Those countries, uh, Vietnam and, and Burma, they are targeting Christians. But when people travel, on cruise ships and whatnot, and they go to their tourist areas and these beautiful tourist new places with their swimming pools and lounge chairs and their margaritas or whatever else, and they come back and they say, what a beautiful country. But little do they know what the government is doing in targeting Christians. It was interesting, too, I think it was four or five weeks ago, I don't know if any of you watch Fox News and four or five weeks ago, somewhere around 5 o'clock or something, I was flipping the channels and I was watching. They have five people that, that sit around round table and talk, and they have one liberal. You know the guy that I'm talking about? Right, he's the liberal one. And I was shocked when he, they were talking about an incident or incidences of Christians being targeted in many of these countries. And they were roundtable talking about it, and the liberal actually shocked me when, I don't know, did anybody see that one? Where he actually was outraged about Christians being persecuted, which shocked me. And so much of this, and Jackie can tell you the statistics of how many Christians are killed in the world per year. It's amazing that the news media blows it off. Don't hear anything about it. So uh, just take a look at these countries because I don't want to go over the history of the countries and the government, but basically you have communist countries, you have dictators, 
and now we're having to deal with, with uh, you know, the radical Muslims that are targeting uh, Christians. Um, you know what's kind of scary is, you know, with the bombing that just occurred in, in Boston and, and, you know, the radical Muslims that did it, and the one, or I don't know if it was one or two of them, went back to Russia, uh, not Russia, but one, the country... You know, Uzbekistan, I don't even know how to say the, the names of these countries, uh, that broke away from the Soviet Union and it became separate states. The Russian government actually does not like these people up here. And the reason that they don't like these people here is because they are Muslims. And they always had the rift with the Russian government, the Soviet Union, and when they broke off, they became separate countries. And that particular bomber went back to one of those countries that's, that's listed as a radical country. So it's here. We have to deal with it. And I ask you that you go online and sign up for the Voice of the Martyr uh, magazine. It's free for 12 months. Get the information and pray for these people. So Jackie's going to come up now and give you uh, more information. Good evening. I really appreciate on a Wednesday night to have this group come out. I think that's pretty awesome. Because I know Wednesday nights, the middle of the week, like even Steve and I said, oh my goodness, so I'd love to lay on the couch tonight. <laughs> we were tired. So I re we do. We appreciate all of you coming out because it's not easy, especially if you're working, you know, full time. But when we speak about Voice of the Mars, and we, we, we just love speaking about it because it, it's. Um, the more you learn about it, and this is what we encourage you to do, that when you leave tonight, you'll have a real conviction to get to know personally the people that are in jail, know their names, know their families, know how many kids they have, and you can pray specifically for them, which you can. There's so much in this ministry you can do that's not expensive, and that's the beauty of this uh, ministry. But that's our goal is that you'll leave tonight and really have a, a desire to, to serve the Lord in this capacity because right now as we speak, there is our brothers and sisters in Christ. We will be with them in heaven one day that are being persecuted in terrible conditions right now. Um, I, I use the book, uh, children's book, The Emperor's New Clothes, and that dates, I see there's some people at my age here, and um, they don't even mention that in school anymore, I don't think, but it's about this emperor who uh, supposedly had these beautiful clothes, and he prayed around the kingdom, and Everyone went along with it and said, oh, look beautiful, what great robes you have, until a little boy once said to his mother, Mom, how come he's going around in his underwear? And I think of that as now, as in America. We kind of know what's going on. It's some pretty awful stuff, even in our own country. But we just kind of, like, go along with it. And we, it bothers us, but we just push it aside. And that's how Steve and I were. We were really ignorant of persecution, and when you say that again about 1960s, what were you doing in the 1960s? I certainly didn't know that people were being tortured. I had no clue. I really didn't. So this was a real eye-opener for us, and um, we gradually got, in, you know, into the ministry, but the Holy Spirit truly kept working on us where we felt we just couldn't, we had to become representatives. We had to let other Christians know because they, they didn't. But I think, imagine holding a church service where firebombs are thrown through the windows and you get up, you put the fires out, and you go back to singing praises. This is not uncommon in these countries. And the pastors are, are you know, really abused, put in jail, but the people keep on coming to the church service. And I, I question that myself, too. If I knew I would die at church, risk it every Sunday, would I go? You know, and that's a real question that, yeah, I think about that all the time. Like, I read the books. I would encourage you to go online, order these books about these personal stories. It really convicts you to um, examine your own faith and your own fervency about telling others about Christ. But um, that's how it is in Bethlehem right now, where the land where Jesus was born, that's only 2% Christian. This one church has been attacked numerous times. The pastor wounded, yet the people still keep coming back because their goal is to show their love to their tormentors. 
Since Christ's death over 2,000 years ago, 43 million Christians have been martyred. 43 million. Today, over 200 million in at least 60 countries are being denied their fundamental human rights. And that's not even touching upon the, uh, the uh, religious freedoms. This is a book I started to read, and actually I can't read it in the evening because I, I did the other day and I couldn't sleep. It's the history of China's Christian martyrs. China is the most persecuted country ever. And you read from the beginning of how it started till now. It's really amazing. However, it's the fastest-growing Christian nation in the world. And reading this, you realize that the blood of these martyrs have paved the way to the Christian growth now. And they said that every 10 days, the amount of Christians that are the people being saved can fill a stadium. Every 10 days. And here in our country, where we're free to tell everybody about Christ, how many people do we tell a day? It's, um, it, it really makes you think. But also, too, since the first recorded martyrdoms in eight, 845 A.D., as many 250,000 Christians have been killed in China for their faith. That's a lot of people. They've experienced more martyrdom than the church, church and all the nations combined. And this I thought was interesting. While many in the West love to quote positive promises from the Bible, the Chinese have discovered the meaning of other promises, such as everyone who really wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Americans don't claim that promise, do we? Or I am sending you out like sheep among wolves in Matthew. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. It's funny what we like to claim that makes us feel good. Um, I have a hard time with when people torment, like you read this book and it's like, oh my goodness, but you realize it's Satan. It's just Satan that's controlling these people. But the Bible describes us as being created in the image of God, and God expects us to treat others as he treats us. So when you realize that Islam, communism, Buddhists, and Hindus don't believe in God, so therefore why should they treat humans with, with religious freedoms especially? Christian persecution has increased by 50% in this century. It's more prevalent now than in the times of Christ. And when you read the Bible, you think, wow, so much persecution in the New Testament. But it's more now. In the year 2008-2009, 176,000 Christians were martyred. It's only a few years ago. Did we hear about that? Do we hear about that? No, we don't. On September 11, 2001, 3,000 people died in the Twin Towers. Yet every week, 3,385 Christians are killed every week. It's over 400 a day. And we were all outraged about the Twin Tower tragedy. But no one knows or blinks an eye about how many Christians are being persecuted, persecuted every day. And one day, we're going to be standing right next to these souls in heaven. Are we going to recognize them? Are we going to even know about it? Christians in the West have little or no pers uh, experience with persecution. We always think, well, if someone, if we witness to someone and they ridicule us, that's being persecuted. And it's really not, not when you read what's going on. <laughs> and uh, the biblical text can't be applied to a setting when there's little or no persecution, really. The Old Testament is, uh, New Testament is all about persecution. It's from persecuted believers to persecuted believers. That's the purpose of it. In the Old Testament, Old Testament, um, Jeremiah suffered for over 40 years, and in chapter 20, verse 8, he said, The Lord, word of the Lord has brought me insult, humiliation, torture, and reproach all day long. For 40 years, he experienced that. Another prophet, Uriah, was arrested for preaching, brought back to Jerusalem, and executed. In Pergamon, Antipas, God's faithful witness, was put to death. All the disciples were executed. The Apostle Paul was beheaded, and Peter was crucified upside down. And I like this statement that was in one of the magazines. Obedience to God's word is not preconditioned on an assurance of deliverance. These people that are being persecuted over there do not even expect God to deliver them. That's not their prayer. When they say to pray for them, they pray, keep, keep their faith strong, 
and pray that they'll bring many to Christ. When these people are in jail for all these years, they just accept that, that the Lord wants me to witness to the people in jail. And many, many people in jail come to Christ that way. I just, there's so much to, uh, you can go, I could go on and on. But um, a question that I know several people have said to me, well, why don't they just keep their mouth shut? I've had really strong Christians say this to me, like, like, why? If you're going to be killed, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? Well, the Lord didn't command that, did he? The answer is really found in Hebrews chapter 11, that great chapter of the, the great faith of people. And what they, these people went to, they say they're chained, put in prison, sawed in two, put to death by sword, were destitute, wandered. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in mountains and caves. And this is what's happening now. We always think, it, oh, that was back in Bible times, but it's now, very, very present now, where people are cast out of their homes, they lose their jobs, they have nothing. Present-day persecution, especially in Muslim countries, and now even in India, the uh, persecution by Hindus is getting huge. It's no different than now. In Voice of the Martyr magazines, you read story after story of ordinary people, just like you and me, that are being uh, tested for their faith. In John 16, 2, it says, Yes, the time is coming. Whoever kills you will think he's offering God a service. And that's what the Muslims truly believe. There's a story of this man named Suleiman in Nigeria, and he converted from Islam to Christianity. He was disowned by his parents. And he says that there's a price on his head because any Muslim who kills him believes he'll be rewarded tenfold in heaven. So that's actually, the Muslims think they're doing good by killing, just like Paul. Paul thought he was doing the right thing by killing Christians. On December 3, 2011, at least in Nigeria, 342 Christians were killed in violent attacks on churches. In another area, 12 churches were destroyed and 40 Christians killed. This widow made a statement which really was profound to me. It's he, she said, after her husband was killed during the church service, the Lord, she was grateful to the Lord. And amidst this tragedy, she said the same God allowed Stephen to be stoned and allowed Peter to escape from prison. God has been faithful and his grace sufficient. Wow, that kind of blew me away. Would I be able to say that if Steve was killed during a church service, that God is good, his grace is sufficient? That's the kind of faith and total trust these people realize this place on earth is temporary. Their home is in heaven. They see that. See, I think in America, we like our home here. We're very comfortable. We're, you know, most of us here have food on the table. We're not um, destitute. But these people have nothing. And they see the reality of God better, actually. I admire their faith. I kind of envy it, actually. There's a couple articles here that, um, again, for time's sake, but... It was this girl in um, Malaysia, and she became a Christian, and her Muslim husband found out, and back then, of course, there, the women don't have any rights, so the husband divorced her, kept the children, and said she'd never see them again unless she denied her faith, and she never did. And I think of that verse, it's Matthew ten thirty seven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. She knows what that verse means. And I think, could I give up my kids? Really, really, really. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's a hard one. But her faith is so strong that she knows, and she prays daily for her husband, her ex-husband, and her ex-husband is allowing her to see the kids now which is amazing. But that's, that's just a, one of these things in these stories. And then there's another one who, um, in Pakistan, she became a Christian as a teenager. And think of your own teenagers, your grandchildren that are teenagers. And she was beaten once a week by her brother, brutally beaten because of her faith. When he, he found her leaving church one day, he locked her in a room for a month and beat her daily until finally she escaped, went to a Voice of the Martyr safe house where she's being trained in sewing skills so she can support herself, and, and they're you know helping her with her faith and learning the scriptures. But get these magazines. It just, 
the reality becomes, it becomes real to you. So what is the exact definition of a martyr? He is one who has become an instrument of God, has lost his will in doing the will of God by submitting to him. He no longer desires anything for himself. According to the original Greek, the word martyr means witness. And Jesus instructed us in Acts 1.8, you shall be witnesses or martyrs to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria until all the ends of the world. This is why I do love this ministry, because it puts me to shame. It makes me re-examine my walk every day and every time I read something about it. Revelation 5.8 talks how precious our prayers are to the Lord. These saints hang on every promise they'll spend eternity with Christ and that far outweighs their daily persecution. So Voice of the Martyr uses whatever they can to get Bibles and to restrict your nations, and their total job is to care for the persecuted. That's all they do. Since 1999, Voice of the Martyr has shipped 36 tons of Bibles to Nigeria. Two million scriptures have been distributed this year. And for those that get scriptures, they're like precious jewels. I think of how many Bibles we have laying at home. I have quite a few in the, in the uh, closets. But they're so rare, and especially in China, that they, if they get a Bible, they, rip, they would take a Bible, rip pages out of it, hand it out, and people take it home and memorize it. They hide it in the floorboards and under the beds, and then when they meet again, they, then they share the scripture. So they each take home a page. And the police follow, they try to get these, um, they're called underground churches, but they're really church uh, prayer meetings. That's really what they are. And people go at 3 in the morning. They set their clocks. They go 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. They walk or bike a mile or two miles to a safe house, not a safe house, but a, a, a house that's not detected where they can worship. And I think, too, like Wednesday night, I mean, rea- reality-wise, there should be the whole church here, right, on Wednesday night? Or any meeting, there should be the whole church. And then you read about these people that set their clocks for 3 in the morning, you know? And I think, well, I want to stay on the couch and watch TV tonight. <laughs> but that's, it just, I don't know, it encourages me. But that's what they do. And if they're detected even with a page of Bible on them, they'll go to jail or they'll never come out. Sometimes their families never see them. Um, Steve mentioned to you about China, and they have a three-self-patriot church. So when you go there, if you go there on a tour, they'll say, see the beautiful churches we have? And you think, oh, they have religious freedom. No, they don't. The churches are government-controlled, and they have people, government officials in there. So they monitor everything that the pastor says. So that's why people go underground to have worship services, because they don't want to be in those churches. And the churches are just growing and growing and growing, and the government cannot control it, and that's driving them nuts. A heartbreaking story was recently reported when North Korea school tricked the kids into going home and getting those little black books that their parents hide and bring them to school, and they'll give them candy. So many of the children did, and they went home and took the Bibles and brought them back, and then when they went home that day, their parents were never to be found again. North Korea is a very, very dangerous place. Voice of the Martyrs theme verses Hebrews 13, 3. Remember those in prison as if you yourselves were fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So even though martyrs often die, they know the promise of Luke seventeen thirty three. Whoever seeks to lose his life to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I'm just going to show you um, all the different things. And if you want to get involved, I'd be more than happy to kind of come by and help set these things up because it's, it's really neat. Um, one of the things you can do is called Bibles Unbound. And I think it's $30 a month you can um, support the Bibles. Like this is Chinese and what they do is they send them in little brown envelopes because this would not be detected. If you sent a whole case of Bibles, they'd be confiscated. And they send them to specific people. It's just not these people sign up for these. So it's going to um, a certain person. And actually, they said you can get the names and pray for them. So that's a great ministry. Steve and I do that one. Another one, which I think is a lot of fun, it's parachutes. These go to Columbia. 
which is a very dangerous country. And what they do is you make these. You send away for the material and everything. You cut it out. We have a group that comes to our house once a month. And we I get tables set up, and we cut them out, and you glue it on. Everything comes in the box, and you put uh, Dios es amor, God is love. And what you do is you send these back in these little plastic bags. They attach a transistor, uh, not transistor, a radio to it that will be set to the local Christian radio station in Spanish. They also attach Spanish literature that specifically talks about God's love to the guerrilla soldiers. Uh, there's a video, a DVD on this. It's long. That's why I couldn't bring it, but it's very interesting. And this guy, this pilot, um, goes over the where the gorillas are, and he has to fly low enough to avoid the um, government detecting him, but high enough so the gorillas don't shoot him down. It's very dangerous. And he drops these where the soldiers are with the, trans, with the radio on. So they, as they go in the fields and whenever they hear it, they get it out of the trees or wherever, and many of these soldiers who, you have to realize these people are taken from when they're little kids and they're brainwashed and trained as soldiers. They don't know what love is. They don't know a God who gives them love. All their gods are usually demanding. So when they become saved, they are compelled to witness, and many of them go back into the jungle and risking their lives and tell us about Jesus Christ. So this is a fun ministry. I like this one. That's what we do. And also, um, every week you can get weekly updates. This comes out every week of all the persecution going on. Um, this is Sri Lanka. Repeat attack on persecuted pastor's house. Um, Pakistan, a mob of 3,000 people burned a Christian neighborhood. I mean, it comes out every week with specific names to pray for. So what we do is we meet once a month. We pray for these people one by one, and we make the parachutes. And then they're $5 a piece to send back because they have to have shipping and handling and pay for the radios. But it's a good, good ministry. It's, we, have, we enjoy getting together. I really That's like a highlight of my month. And then another one, which is a very good ministry, is Action Packs. Because you have to remember, there's thousands of Christians that are kicked out of their houses, and they have nothing. These go to different countries, and as a school nurse, um, we had a lost and found, and literally hundreds of jackets and coats were left every year in lost and found. I'm talking North Face, Columbia, <laughs> I mean, really good stuff. Hats, you know, mittens, everything. So I would take them home, and sweatshirts, and wash them, and I would send send them here, you know. And it tells you what to bring: jackets, gloves, mittens, t-shirts, a bed sheet. Also, do how many sheets do you have in your attic or closet that you don't use because you don't use like the color anymore? As long as the stuff is decent and you would use it, just wash it. And I never bought anything. I literally used everything what I, I had. Um, soap, and then these get shipped back to to Oklahoma. And then they send them to the um, people that are now living destitute, like the Bible explained. Another ministry which you donate money to, this is fantastic. These are helium. They blow these up with helium. It's in uh, the Korean language. It has verses. And remember, the goal of the Voice of the Martyrs is not to be forgotten. We want to make sure these Christians are not forgotten. So here they are. You think of being a Christian in North Korea. You can't talk about it or anything. And you go to South Korea. They go to South Korea. They blow these up with helium, and they release them. They know exactly when the winds come, and it floats over to uh, North Korea. And then they come down, and they're found all over by the, um, the government, by non-Christians and Christians. And they, the Christians have said they, they just, these are like a godsend. So this is a wonderful, wonderful ministry, too. They also have um, Kids of Courage. And there's a magazine back there where you can um, talk to your children about persecution in a gentle way and let them know about countries. They have blankets. In fact, in our church, we're collecting used blankets that will be sent over there. You can support pastors. 
Like in Vietnam, we support a pastor because they go around by bike. And that's the only way they get around. And they um, we help support their families. Also, Voice of the Martyrs provides safe houses. When North Koreans come over to South Korea, they uh, help them. Uh, they help the uh, wives of those that are in jail. And it's just so much medical ministry. They uh, replace limbs with prostheses when they're the bombings. They lose their limbs with that. But you can go on the website. It's www.persecution.com, and it tells you everything there. I really encourage you. And also, you can send away for a free Tortured for Christ book that tells you the history. Start there. That's good. But try to get all the books. There are some books back there. You can take them just if you provide some sort of whatever donation would be great. Um, I think that's it. I could go on, but it's time to go to bed. (laughs) Oh, that's my best. Writing to prisoners. Yes, thank you. Um, you can go online, and they have a list of prisoners in all the different countries. gives a history of how long they've been in there, and you can. they have phrases and verses. You click on what you want, prints out in your own language, and you can mail it to them, and they do get their letters. And um, then you can pray specifically during the day for them. That's I love that ministry. I do that all the time. It's a dollar five, I think, for a postage stamp now, but also I send like a picture of our family or a picture of the sunset just to let them know, again, they're in prison and they're not forgotten. So I get very excited. It wakes me up talking about this because I get very excited about it. So thank you so much again for coming out. Steve and I truly appreciate it. And if you ever need our help with getting a ministry started or anything, or um, even talking to the youth group, sometimes I think our teenagers need to know the reality, what's going on. And, um, Oh, yeah, that girl that we, the Chinese girl, wants to talk about her experience. So we, she only gets out like on late Friday night and then has to be back. She's a nanny on Sunday afternoon. So if everyone had heard her speak at a Sunday school class or something, I think she's, it's really like a live hand, this girl who was arrested. We wanted to use her. So um, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. No, no, it'd be fair to be too late, yeah. 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 Anybody have any questions for Jackie and Steve you want to ask? We've heard a lot tonight. Wow. Takes a while to let it sink in, right? How many of you say, this is like so blowing me away, I had no idea? A lot of us, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. No questions. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that she mentioned and you thought, I would really like to be a part of that. How many of you would like to? So one thing you'd like to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. In the way that he wants to as a church. I know he's definitely touched our hearts tonight. Father, uh, we're just humbled tonight as we listen. 
And even as uh, our sister Jackie said, Lord, we're humbled by the testimonies of our brothers and sisters and their um, ardent love for you, their willingness to be persecuted and give up everything to follow you. And Lord, in light of it, how can we not look at our own lives? But Father, here, uh, here in this community, we really do feel you pulling the, the uh, ties of our heart, and we want to hear you, and we want to uh, respond to you. And uh, so we just give you back all that we heard tonight and trust you that you'll filter it all out and put on our hearts indiv individually, Lord, that which you really want us to be a part of. Father, we thank you for Steve and Jackie tonight. Thank you, Father, that, there are, that they've, they've taken that step forward. We thank you for their, um, their commitment, Lord, to not let us forget about our brothers and sisters. So we ask you to bless them. We ask you to bless all of our brothers and sisters that are part of Voice of the Martyrs. We ask you to bless them, prosper them, Lord. And tonight, uh, Lord, we just, we do, uh, Father, just hold up all of our brothers and sisters around this globe. You know each and every name. You know every, you're with every single one. And we do pray, uh, Lord, that you will strengthen them in their faith that you will, your presence will be very, very real to them, Lord. Father, we do pray for their families. We pray that you'll strengthen them as well. Father, we bless you tonight, and we do ask you, Lord, that this, the reality of this will be known within uh, your people among the church in America, that we'll wake up, Lord, and uh, that you might, that we might cooperate with you in such a, um, such a challenge. Thank you again for tonight, Lord. Thank you for meeting us tonight. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.